podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Voices of Vic with me, Mike Duffy, and as always, my co-host Ben Ayson. But, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, we've got our very first guest appearance. Now, better late than never and whatnot. Ben, he's obviously with me as always, so first we'll, uh, we'll say hello to Ben. Ben, how's, uh, how's it been going? You've been a busy man today on uh, media duties as we record this on Wednesday. How's your day been? Hello, mate. Yeah, it's been good. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I've I've done a bit of work for BBC Radio One today. Um, they barely uh, message and wanted a Watford fan to get in touch just to go over the last couple of days and the build up for the relegation um, decider, pretty much on, at the weekend. So yeah, busy on my end, but yeah, all good, mate. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yes, we uh, we we did hear that on uh, BBC Radio One earlier. If you haven't seen it already, it's on our Instagram. Uh, very very good um, and like I said for the first time ever we got a guest appearance and it's no other than uh, Mr Watford Way I think we'll call him uh, James <laughs> from the, uh, the the Watford Way the, uh, the Watford fan page James firstly how are you and secondly thanks very much for uh, agreeing to come on the show no problem Mike always a pleasure to talk to you other Watford fans uh, I'm not doing great after after this weekend's uh, <laughs> results and obviously Tuesday Tuesday's a big day uh, to be a Watford fan with, with the 4-0 defeat uh, to Manchester City and then obviously after our game Arsenal Aston Villa that did not go our way at all it did not and we will talk about that in this episode but I think because we actually haven't got round to speaking about it as of yet, I think the only place we can start is obviously the result last week um, against West Ham didn't go to plan, but it was the news a couple of days after that on a Sunday where it had sort of broke that Nigel Pearson and Craig Shakespeare had sort of left. Uh, I say left. Pearson was sacked. They then asked P- uh, Shakespeare to take over. But to be fair to Shakespeare, as he's been sort of Pearson's right hand man wherever he's gone, he sort of kindly declined the offer and, and that was that. Um, first of all, Ben, I just want to know when that news broke, because I... I Ladies and gentlemen, I was in no state to be reacting to any sort of news on Sunday. That was the worst I've ever felt. So I was sort of glad that I didn't have to deal with all the social media reaction. But um, less said about that, the better. But uh, Ben, when you saw the news break on Sunday, because if I remember correctly, I think there was a few whispers before. So the Daily Mirror had said something and a few other outlets had said something. I thought, oh, they're just saying it. But then it actually broke. So what was your initial reaction? What was your first reaction when you saw that Sky Sports saying Nigel Pearson has been sacked? First reaction was, wow. Um, couldn't believe it. Um, wasn't expecting it. Um, yes, we, we didn't turn up at West Ham and the performance was pretty shambolic but I wasn't expecting us to sack our manager two games remaining in the season um, it's just completely f- thrown us um, wasn't expecting it at all mate um, you can kind of see if there has been something going on behind the scenes why uh, Gino's reacted and wanted him out through the door but in my eyes, I think it was a bit a bit stupid. Regardless whether Pearson stays to the end of the season or if he 
renews his contract and he looks after us next season. I thought it was a bit disrespectful um, for Watford to get rid of Pearson, especially after what he did for us. We were dead and buried. Um, it, he pulled us up the table. Um, he, I think he's got the, the biggest winning percentage as, as a Watford manager ever in the Premier League as well. Um, right. so, and it's quite, and I'm quite curious to know how we would have fared against Man City and also if we had Pearson. Um, I, I think it has affected performance as well. Yeah. Now, James, before I come to you on your verdict, obviously, for those that don't know what we're talking about when Ben says a few sort of stories, we have to be careful what we say here because we don't know what's actually correct and whatnot. But allegedly, there was quite a bust up in the changing rooms at half time. Obviously, we saw Messina come off at half time and he didn't have the best of games against West Ham in the first half and he was brought off and rightly so. But the, the allegedly, um, Messina was sort of struck by Pearson and there was a bit of a fracas in the dressing room at half time. And like I say, I just want to stress that that is allegedly, that, that that's not us confirming anything. We don't know any other than what everybody else has said. But we, we think that might be the reason why um, Mr Pozzo sort of had the sacked Nigel Pearson because there was quite an argument after the game as well from what we hear as well but James based on when the news broke what was your initial reaction? So initially I was um, initially I thought it was fake because I just Mm. couldn't believe that that we would do something like that especially with two two games to go in this season Um, in in terms of what actually happened at the West Ham game I think Adam Leventhal for the Athletic done a really good article um Essentially, essentially summing up um, why, why the Pozzos made that decision. And as I was reading through that, there was points touching on um, his substitutions, his tactical decisions. Um, I think the decision to bring Abdullahi de Corre off midway through the second half wasn't looked um, very well on by the Pozzos. Um, obviously, we know that Felipe Giraldi is a very controversial figure within the Watford fan base. And I'm sure, um, as you all saw, he was also present at that game. Um, so yeah, um, my initial reaction, flabbergasted, uh, couldn't believe it, and actually quite sad because um, Nigel Pearson and Craig Shakespeare come across to me like quite decent blokes, so I was quite sad to see them go. Yeah, no, and listen, I, I think that we'll sort of leave it there with the, the Pearson reaction because I think what you two guys have said so far has pretty much touched upon what every Watford fan is thinking. It was a shock to the system. Yes, we were poor against West Ham, but ultimately nobody saw us sacking Pearson, especially not with two games to go. You'd at least give him till Man City and Arsenal. And then, OK, if we go down, um, we'll, we'll assess it from there. And it's since come out that he wouldn't have stayed, uh, so they... The, the reports are saying um, and he's due quite a big payout as well so that could have been another reason why but I think both of you have touched superbly on that and um, you know not that he will be listening but on the off chance he is or someone that knows him is we, we oh, yeah, genuinely... no, Pep was listening last week <laughs> he was yeah <laughs> Pep was listening although we, we'll get on to that in a minute Ben but he, he, he sort of did listen but then on the other hand it was sort of a backhanded compliment to us but um, yeah if he's you know, if the word does get about, then we, we genuinely cannot thank Nigel enough. Like Ben said before, when he first came in, we were dead and buried. Seven points adrift at the bottom of the table. We we were sort of 
I think I'd booked my train tickets to Wigan away uh, already halfway through the season. So that's how sort of dead and buried we were and whatnot. But yeah, no, we, we, we'd just like to put on record that we are very thankful of the work that Pearson and Shakey's done at the club. And uh, going forward, we hope that uh, Stacky and Mullins can um, can actually get us on it. Unfortunately, which is which where we'll start on the next bit of um, sort of news is... It wasn't quite to be. Uh, Mullins and Stack, their first game in charge against Manchester City. So you're going into Man City, right? And you're sort of thinking, right, firstly, I'll ask you both first. James, I'll come to you first. Firstly, are you thinking damage limitation? Or are you thinking, do you know what? City are a bit of a wounded animal. Let's sort of go at them. We're at home. You just never know. What What are you thinking tactically and game plan-wise before the Man City game? Because bear in mind as well, we have had some seriously big drubbings um, from Man City. So what, what was your thoughts before the match in terms of how yes. we'd set up and how we'd go about our game plan? What yes, did you absolutely. want? Absolutely. So what I what I what I felt before the match, I, I think I spoke to you before the match actually, Mike, on Instagram as well. And I think that's what fans we all have to have a little bit of hope when we go into matches like that. I personally uh, was hoping we could potentially get a draw out of the game. Um, there would have obviously been a big ask, and after watching it, um, that was obviously uh, not the case. Um, but I think it was a case of damage limitation. Um, Obviously, um, we all know the situation with Aston Villa and our goal difference. Um, we were actually, before the match, in, in probably quite a significantly better position in terms of goal difference. Um, probably four or five better off than Aston Villa. Um, so our best case scenario was a draw. Um, but for me, I, I would have been okay, you know, conceding one or two. Um, obviously, it turned out to be four goals and we're actually equal on goal difference with Aston Villa now. Um, in terms of team selection, I think I agreed with the decision to drop Adam Messina. Obviously, you touched on his performance against West Ham earlier. Um, Adrian Mariapa coming in, and there, I don't think there was much more he could have done done for me. So it was a case of damage limitation. Uh, but yeah, it obviously didn't turn out too well as, as no. it came to fruition but on Tuesday evening. In terms of the team selection, and don't worry, Ben, we'll, we'll get round to you in a minute, but in terms of the team selection, James, was, was there anyone that was sort of included that you thought, oh, I don't know about that, or, or was you genuinely on a whole sort of thinking, well, we haven't really got much else, this, this will sort of have to do, or, or you were content with it? So, for, yeah, for me at the time, the decision to start Roberto Pereira and Troy Deeney, um, I, I was not happy with that. But as it turned out, Pereira was probably um, one, of us, one of our best players in the game. Um, yeah. But touching on Shroidini, um and his selection, obviously um, we're all aware of his, of his ongoing knee, knee issues. And, yeah. um, and look, in the first half, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure there's much more anyone could have done to stop Manchester City. They're, they're a world-class side. And whether you put Andre Gray up front, or Danny Welbeck, um, they would have dominated possession regardless. So, in terms of team selection, I was expecting Troy Deeney to start. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I wasn't surprised when I saw the starting lineup. Yeah. And, Ben, uh, same question to you, really. Going into the game, 
was what were your actual what were your honest thoughts were you thinking okay we can we can get a draw here or was you thinking okay let's as long as we keep it sort of below two three nil that uh, goal difference doesn't get damaged too much what what was your thoughts going into the game uh, I didn't really have much hope going into the game it, like, like James has touched upon Manchester City or a so I've got a helicopter going over my head. This probably isn't ideal. Are you um, flying a plane yeah, that says PSN out? Or <laughs> 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 cut an onto him, ladies and gents. Get at him on Twitter. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, carry on, Ben. Um, yeah, as, as James has as James has touched upon, Manchester City are very very well class side, so I had no hope really um, going into the game. Best case scenario is probably a, sneaking a draw out of it. Um and also keeping the, the goals down um, because we know how vital goal difference is going to be um, for us to stay in this division. And unfortunately, our goal difference took a bit of a hammering yesterday. But um, it, it, the goal difference could have been worse. Um, I, I know Villa have overtaken us in goal difference now. but um, Only by one. Only by one, which is it's, it's still... There's still something there for us to claw on and try and get out of this uh, mess that we're in. There is, there is. And um, it, oh, sorry, yeah. carry on. And, and, <laughs> and team selection-wise, uh, totally understand why Messina wasn't starting. Um, I was surprised that Maps came in. Um, I thought Maps was going to get destroyed. I think he got uh, nutmegged about four times during the game. Um, I was expecting Holobas to come in from, from the cold uh, if Messina wasn't playing, but... Um, wasn't to be and no Danny Welbeck as well I thought Welbeck was going to carry on on the left-hand side but Pereira came in for him but Pereira did, um, I thought he did a lot of dirty work yesterday as well so he did now yeah. this is what I'm thinking you know you know I'm, I'm going into the game and I'll be I'll be honest so I, I try and remain as positive as possible as a Watford fan and it's only possible so many times after watching us this season but I thought the back of my mind I thought we can maybe get a draw here. And then as close as kickoff approached, closer and closer and closer, and especially when the teams are announced, I thought, right, okay, I'll take anything less than 2-0. And that will be sort of job done, if you like. Uh, but the team moves, I, I wasn't perhaps very comfortable with Feminier on the left. Now, I wasn't expecting Messina to start at all because of the, you know, the West Ham game. But, it looks as if Holobas is off to uh, off to Schalke, evidently. Uh, if you haven't already, Diane Holobas, uh, Diana Holobas, sorry, his wife, put on Instagram the other day of uh, moving boxes, uh, and it was like an in, um, a Union Jack flag, and then it was like moving two, and then a German flag, and then somebody else has done more detective work and seen that she's followed Schalke. So whether you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's going to be Schalke but it looks as if Holobas is back after Germany so I'm not too surprised that Holobas wasn't actually involved but Feminier on the left he, he's not a left-sided player uh, we touched on it last week me and Ben did he's not really a defender so it, it sort of worried me going up against the likes of Kyle Walker and Cancelo and you know um, Silva because they do push up City's fullbacks do so I thought okay we could be in quite a, a rough ride and then to see Mariapa come in I thought Jesus he put he did get megged a couple of times as well but he, he didn't do as bad as I think perhaps people thought he would have done um, but um, I was very surprised to see Pereira I definitely would have stuck with Welbeck um, even if we would have put Welbeck sort of more central 
uh, and that meant that maybe Pedro coming because I did think Pedro might get more of a chance because Mullins obviously knows the youngsters and whatnot, and they're not afraid to give him a chance. So, but on a whole, I, I sort of I can't sort of be too disgruntled with the lineup. It was a four-five-one. I think the graphic showed four-three-three by the looks of it, but it was a four-five-one, and it, it's nice to see a formation change. Because I was so worried that it was going to be the same team that played against West Ham or someone. And then I'm thinking, well, what's the point? This is what Pearson was sacked for. But um, we we sort of started the game okay. It took Man City 31 minutes to score. Now, for me, time was going ridiculously slow. But James, for you, was you sort of sitting there as the minutes went on thinking, hang on a minute, if we can make it to half-time... Who knows what could happen? Or was you thinking one of these is going to go in? We are going to concede before half time. What, 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 what was you thinking as the sort of minutes ticked on horrendously slow? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So obviously we got to my first target was that first um, that first drinks break, and we yep. actually got to that drinks break um, at nil nil. And um, Manchester City were dominating possession at the time. I think Ben Foster had pulled off um, quite a good save um, just before that drinks break. Um, but we, we, we weren't really offering anything going forward and that, and that did worry me. But um, I was kind of, when watching the game, I was setting myself little targets to get to 10 minutes, get to the drinks break, get to half time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I was doing. And I, I assume that's what um, Hayden Mullins would have told the Watford players as well. Um, but obviously um, it wasn't to be with Raheem Sterling getting that first goal. Yeah, I don't think he meant that, Ben. Do you, you know, when, when you're watching the game in, in sort of, in real time, so to speak, when he's he's absolutely bollocks that, any he? He's just put so much power in. I I think that he's gone to sort of what sort of whiz it across the face of goal, so someone Outside can maybe get foot. a tap in. I I don't think he's meant that, but look, it was a brilliant goal. No keeper stopping that. But would you agree with what James has said? Was you sort of thinking, okay, ten minutes has gone, nil nil, because. Bill Leslie, the commentator, said, um, I can't remember what minute it was. It might have been like 10 or 30 minutes. He goes, this time earlier in the season, Watford were already 5-0 down. I thought, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, let's blow the whistle now, shall we? Uh, but was you sort of thinking as the game went on, like, you know, 10 minutes, 0-0, water break, 0-0, 20 minutes, nil, well, 30, 30 minutes, 0-0, and then 31, obviously, I scored. But was you thinking, hang on a minute, we could do something here because I think a lot of Watford fans were actually thinking that, but they yeah, won't definitely. admit it. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. With each minute going by, it, it kind of gives you a bit more thought. Yeah, we can, we can get something out of it. We've hit many minutes. Haven't scored. I actually thought we was quite disciplined in defence for the first half of the pitch, um, following men, tracking everyone, getting stuck in winning balls. I know we didn't do much with a ball when we had it, but we was doing all the stuff off the ball perfectly. I thought we was um, really good defensively until that ball went in. But yeah, as you say, Sterling absolutely levered that ball in the back of the net. Yeah. There was no way Foster was going to get anything on that. Um, no. No. Well, I mean, like you say, you know, you, there was only there's only so much you can do against Man City. You have to be realistic as well as optimistic at times because like you said, whenever we had the ball... We just didn't have the space to do anything. 
like Man City are so quick to close you down and like they just cut off any vision of pass. And I, I think Pereira, as James touched upon earlier, I think Pereira actually had the, one of his, his better games this season. And for a guy who's rumoured to be off at the end of this season, he actually put in half a decent shift and he's come under yep. a lot of criticism uh, from me as well. I'll, I'll hold my hands up. But one thing I've always thought with Pereira, not just this season, any season, he's never really got back and done the dirty work. But yesterday, I think it was one of his more inspired uh, performances in a Watford shirt and probably the last um, time we'll see Pereira play at Vicarage Road unless we miraculously get to Europe somehow and play his team <laughs> he's moving to in Italy. But you get my gist. Um, so, yeah, Raheem Sterling put Man City... 1-0 up at 31 minutes. We're sort of thinking, OK, let's, you know, go into half-time, 1-0. Then who knows, you know, if we can ride it out, and ride a 1-0 out, you never know. Um, Raheem Sterling doing what Raheem Sterling does best. Very quick feet in the box. Will Hughes brings him down. In real time, to me, it looked like a penalty. Um, and to be honest, I still think it was a penalty after the replays. But the replays show that Will Hughes got a touch on the ball uh, ben, firstly, were your th- were your thoughts at the time that it was a penalty, or did you think after seeing replays, actually, no, that shouldn't have been a penalty, or, or was you pretty much you, you can't really argue those ones? Um, yeah, I thought it was a penalty straight away. Um, the moment he touched it away from um, Hughes, and there was contact, and uh, Stalin went to the ground. He just knew it was a penalty. Hughes's reaction as well. Yeah. It kind of said it was a penalty, but also looking back on the replays, like you say, um, Hughesy has probably a case to probably say to the ref, why have you given that? He didn't. He just turned his back, didn't he? He couldn't believe. Um, it's similar to the Kapoo bit, wasn't it? Um, sticking a foot out or he didn't really need to. Uh, right. But just before um, the penalty gave away, Cleverly was caught in midfield, wasn't he? He was a bit too slow and lost it. And then City are so quick when they get the ball in an attack and just caught us out of a bat, didn't it? Mm. Massively. And um, James, uh, are you sort of echoing Ben's thoughts there? Did you think it was a penalty first hand and then maybe when the replay shown, you thought, actually, we've been our done by here or have, have you got no complaints at all? Yeah, I think Ben um, summed up pretty well there. Um, obviously, Raheem Sterling's got extremely quick feet. Um, and Manchester City in the counter are a very difficult team to track and they've got a lot of runners going forward. And obviously... When you're sticking your feet out, you know, at the edge of the box um, and you've got players like Raheem Sterling on the ball, um, it's not going to end well. And um, as Ben said, I don't think Will Hughes done himself any favours, uh, you know, not complaining to the referee that he did get that slight touch on the ball. Yeah. And I think, do you know what? I think a lot about Will Hughes not saying anything has got to do with confidence. When you see the ref point to the spot there, you've sort of brought him down. Yeah, you probably know you've touched the ball, but you're just thinking, I'm not even going to bother. Like, confidence is low as it is. I think that shows the confidence in the whole squad. I don't yeah. think anyone reacted to say that that wasn't a penalty. You, it was, they were 1-0 down already, and then there was a penalty given against them. They just kind of down tools a little bit then. Yeah, I think heads heads started to oh. drop a lot more. When, but what when, a fantastic when he... save from Foster from the actual penalty. Well, this is what I'm going to go into next, Ben. Um, oh. Yeah, let's jump the gun, shall we? Uh, right. <laughs> has one appearance on Radio 1 and thinks he can start running the joint, <laughs> ladies and gents. This is what happens, right? Um, no, it, very good point. I thought it was a brilliant save. Uh, but... It, <laughs> 
when looks against you, looks against you, what, what can you do? Like, he, he saved it superbly, but no one was quick enough to Sterling. And to be honest, I wouldn't have expected him to be. Um, it, it was an absolutely brilliant save. But I think that just sums up Foster. Um, like he's made some superb saves this season and then had some not-so-good sort of moments. But when looks against you, that sort of thing happens. And I can't fault Foster for that. Uh, I think David Seaman once said years ago, if you save a penalty, you're a hero, but you're not necessarily expected to save one. So I wasn't necessarily expecting Foster to sort of save that one. But I think when it was 2-0, James, I don't know about you, but 2-0, I thought that's it now. We, we're not coming back from this. I, I think we just need to keep the score down. Yeah, absolutely. It was purely um, it was purely damage limitation. Um, you know, going into going into that second half, two 0 down. And actually, I've got a stat here in front of me um, from Sky Sports that, that actually we love shows... that on this show, James. <laughs> and he loves saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a catchphrase on this show, James. That's uh, right. I'll learn. I'll learn. So yeah, I've got this. I've got the stat in front of me, and it, it does to show how much we were dominating in that first half. And the, the stat is um, that Rodri, um, Manchester City's defensive midfielder, actually yeah. completed more passes uh, in the first half than the entire Watford team combined. Which, yeah. which when I saw that, yeah. I was shocked. Well, I, I was and I wasn't. I thought if anyone's <laughs> going to do it, it's going to be a Man City central defensive mid. But it just, like you just said there, James, it just goes to show that the sheer class, or would you say it's the sheer class of Man City or the sort of the, the, the lack of play from Watford? What what would you say, uh, Ben? What, what would you say? Would, would you say, bloody hell, that, I almost swore then. I'm going to try and not swear on this podcast. But <laughs> would you say it's more a brilliant, brilliant sort of uh, classy play from Man City and it sort of outlines them or would you say well actually people need to start pointing a few things at Watford if, if they're getting if, if a player is passing more than the entire team if I'm honest I think Watford players are scared to play Man City after the 6-0 FA Cup final and then the 8-0 defeat at um, the Etihad Stadium this season mm-hmm. I think we're petrified whenever we come up against Man City so I think yeah. that comes into it yeah no I, I totally agree and do you know what what it's never a good time to concede against Man City, but the, that that's that penalty definitely wasn't. Forty minutes, five minutes before half time, you you don't want to be conceding before half time, full stop. But especially not going two 0 down at Man City, and I think you guys have picked up on it. It was from there on in, it was damage limitation. And if the lads weren't thinking about it before, they definitely were going into the break. And to be honest. I was happy to, I thought, right, after that goal, I thought, okay, let's make it into the break 2-0. We do not want to be conceding a third. And we made it into the break. Um, you know, we, we, we made it into the break for 2-0, uh, which we will take. Uh, well, we won't take, but you, based on how the game was going at the time, you will. Um, what would you, James, if you was in the dressing room at half-time and you had the Watford team in front of you, uh, and try and keep it clean. But what would you uh, what what would you have said to the Watford players at half time? Because let's be honest, we wouldn't have been expecting to win, not even before the game, but especially not two 0 down. What what would you have said at half time? Right, I'm obviously not a football manager, Mike. Uh, <laughs> that's not <laughs> so. So, uh, so look, what would I have said? Um, there was obviously there's obviously been reports going around that 
the, most of the Watford squad are due a 50% pay cut if we do get relegated. So, first off, if that's not an incentive to, to try yeah. and keep the score down, I don't, I don't know what else is, because that is, that is quite frankly quite a, quite a huge wage cut. But um, in terms of what I would have said, it's, it is difficult. I, just, I would have probably shown them um, a few videos of some Watford fans and said, look, this is who you're playing for. They might not have been in the stadium today, but, um, but these are the fans you are playing for. And um, quite frankly, your jobs are on the line. Yeah. No, well, do you know what? I, I think... I like that. I like yeah. that. And do you know what? I, 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 I'm not usually one for these sort of team talks. You know, you, you see teams whereby they'll have posters put up and whatnot, or fans' tweets and whatnot. I'm not really one for that. But I genuinely think, with the way that this club is so sort of community-run, I think it'd be no harm this Sunday, and I appreciate I'm going off topic here because we've still got the second half to talk about, but this Sunday, I would show those Watford players just some tweets, not, not offensive ones, just tweets from fans outlining their anger uh, and sort of frustration at how the team's been playing. Show them some videos as well, like James has said. It, these things can have an effect on the minds. And as long as we just show a bit of fight, that's all I'll be happy for. But yeah, so obviously 2-0 at the break, not ideal. Coming out second half and you're thinking, okay, We've got to keep the score down now. And when you're playing a low block against Man City, it's never great. So when Phil Foden goes and taps it in on 63 minutes, that wasn't great. Um, Raheem Sterling looks certain to get his hat-trick. But again, Ben Foster made a brilliant save. But Ben, what the hell was going on with that rebound? What was the defending all about there? It was, it was awful, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It was just awful. It, it was... It was like watching Sunday League football with defending um, sometimes um, this season. And that was another example of it um, against Man City for their third goal. Um, yeah. Sterling was just fan- that fantastic that game, wasn't he? And that run that onto that goal was, was just outstanding. Um, it's so quick when he gets a ball out of his feet and he just runs at defenders. It would petrify me if I was defending against him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sorry, I should have said before that, um, we obviously saw quite a big change up in the way that we were going to actually face the second half. We actually saw Troy Deeney play sort of, I don't know if you can go as far as saying maybe uh, maybe a CDM, maybe just in front, James. I don't know. What I don't know how you'd describe it. And then Saar was more central and it was clear that we were going to sort of try and get the ball up to Saar and he's just going to run, run, run. Uh, Saar, who I actually think had quite a poor game. He was offside more than he was onside. Uh, very frustrating, but I suppose that's what happens when you don't utilise him. But would you say that Troy was maybe sitting in trying to help us sort of defend or we were really trying to pack that midfield in the second half, weren't we? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Troy because I noticed that change as well. And mm. actually at points, I know, I know he was almost playing as like... Um, as a left back at point. Yes, in the first it, half he was. Yeah. Yeah, that that it really shocked me, and I thought, I thought we're not really ut- we're not utilising him how he should be utilised, and he's he's not. We're playing a striker as almost as you say a centre defensive midfielder. He he was dropping so deep that in them brief spells where we where we did get the ball. Um, there was no one up there, and and when we did get the ball, City's press was was so so quick that um that we that we lost possession almost instantly. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, I, I get the idea that he he's probably wants to show that he's getting himself about and whatnot. But when effectively he's playing on one one leg, so to speak, um, it, it's not going to be great. And he, he he didn't obviously come off. So and Phil Foden obviously made it three 0 And just on a side note, what a talent he looks, by the way. You know, really really excited in terms of. Um, looking at it from an England fan perspective because he uh, he looks very, very exciting. Uh, and then we, we're sort of thinking, OK, please, no more Watford, please. You know, goal difference is on the line here. Uh, three minutes is all it took after that. And the defending from a set piece, and it's just deja vu with set pieces from what uh, with Watford. Like, it was just terrible defending. Like, we... <laughs> We are quite a big physical team, and and Man City aren't the tallest of sides. So to see us lose out in in sort of a free kick like that, I can only put it down to the the lack of confidence because Laporte's not had the best of seasons from what I've heard uh, and and what the commentator said. But and then he's kind of cropped up with a goal, which will probably do his confidence a world of good now. But like the, it was just for for three minutes after the Phil Foden goal, it, it was just no good at all. And the the final nail in the coffin, if you like, not, you know, as if 3-0 wasn't. But Ben, just when that fourth goal went in, I don't know about you, but I was certainly thinking we, we can't take a five or six. Or, we, we can't do it. Did, did you actually think that was on the horizon again? Because 4-0 at 66 minutes, there was a, still a lot of football to play. Yeah, I was dreading the, the final 20-odd minutes. Um, seriously thought it was going to be much more than four after they did that. They, they was just, it was wave after wave after wave of attack with City. And somehow we managed to keep it down to four. But uh, for, for the uh, four, uh, fourth goal by Laporte, I thought it was just a lack of concentration. And yeah. that, that went in three minutes after the Foden's goal. I think heads dropped and confidence dropped as well. Yeah, same old story with Watford from set pieces, lack of concentration, and it's 4-0. James, was you fearing the worst? Was you fearing maybe another 5, 6, 7, maybe another 8-0 drubbing? What, what, was you, what was you thinking when that fourth goal went in? Yeah, it was. I thought, uh, I thought the floodgates were going to open, um, as you guys just touched on. Um, it was attack after attack. Um, I think Laporte actually got in front. I think it might have been Mariapa, and um, I think Laporte's about 6 foot 4, 6 foot 5, and um, it's... I mean that's a mismatch, isn't it, against Mariapa, who's about five foot five? So, so yeah, look, and we've heard that before, haven't we? we yeah, over Kiko last week. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you'd think we'd learn. Obviously, yeah. Not. I think we we zonal mark, don't we? So um, yes, yeah, that, very, that, very. And I'm I'm not really a fan of zonal marking in terms of marking the space rather than marking the man. Um, oh. So, look, I, I, I was fearing the worst. I did think we were going to... Well, City did go on to score a fifth away, but that, <laughs> yeah. that was Thanks all that Thanks for the Lions flag. Yeah, Jesus. I thought, I genuinely thought, when it was 4-0, I thought, right, this could be a cricket score. I went upstairs to get my calculator and come back down thinking it was going to be like 6, 7, 8. <laughs> but no, luckily, we, we hang on to the four. I'd love to sit here and sort of talk about chances that we created and shots we had on target, but... I think probably the best chance we had, I think, was probably Dawson in the first half, which was a real half chance, like not even worth covering. And then Danny Welbeck, who we'll talk about in a minute now, but Danny Welbeck, sort of, he's touch letting down. But uh, listen, anyone that knows me, and uh, 
there must be a million recordings of me saying this on podcasts. I hate slating Troy. But how much better, James, did we look when Danny Welbeck come on? Like, just how much more mobile and how willing to go forward is he? He, he just looks like someone we've been screaming out for. Do you not think? Yeah, exactly. He looks like um, a top-class player. Obviously, um, he's been out injured for, for the majority of the season, but I think if he keeps his uh, match fitness up, match sharpness, he could easily play for a, for a top four or top six side. Um, I, think, um, I think the main thing for me was we were playing, rather than um, the long ball up to Troy, which, which we always just keep on playing and it's, it's so frustrating. We, yeah. we got the ball into his feet and I think that's where some of our players um, actually excel. I think, I think a lot of our players are technical players and um, you know, Danny Welbeck with the ball at his feet, um, you know, he's a lot more dynamic than Troy and he can make them runs in behind. And as you say, he did get through one-on-one um, but Edison um, smothered the shot, unfortunately, for Watford. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Ben, I'm I'm sure you're not going to disagree because I've seen your uh, seen some of your tweets this weekend, mate. And uh, well, not this weekend, this week. But I just I don't understand why nobody's picking Danny Welbeck because surely going into this Arsenal game, um. You've got to start well, but because how much more mobile is he than Troy? Obviously, it doesn't help that Troy's got his injuries and whatnot. He's 32. He's not getting any younger. But he's just completely different outlet and someone we've been screaming out for for a while, Ben. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially with Troy's injuries at the moment, we should be starting Danny Welbeck over him. You, you, we're playing with Troy Dini when he's at 60% best probably or even less at the moment. He's yeah, not very yeah. effective. Um, Danny Welbeck offers so much more. He offers pace. He's so much mobile. He links up well with the midfielders. He, he, he comes short. He runs in behind. He's, he's good in front of goal. I just think he's a better option. And it's, it's good for Watford fans to actually see we've got a... Um, a striker who, who will ru- make those runs in behind now because uh, we don't have it with Troy Deeney like James says it's just long ball after long ball up to Troy Deeney and I'm just sick of seeing it yeah yeah and I, I think a lot of Watford fans although we didn't create much and didn't really get many passes we, we were definitely passing it a lot more um, uh, and we've not been doing that under Pearson we, we seem to be content with just getting the ball hoofing it up Foster had a few wayward sort of clearances and goal kicks but that that, that wasn't to be now uh, obviously I'm cautious about time and whatnot but I just want to touch on going into the next game we've got Arsenal it's, they're calling it Super Sunday um, I want to touch on it very quickly Bear in mind, Foster's come out and said that confidence is at an all-time low, which I'm, I'm not overly surprised about, and I, I don't think a lot of Watford fans will be. Aston Villa obviously winning against Arsenal. They go level on points with us, but uh, goal difference is better by one. If, if Aston Villa lose to West Ham, we only need to draw. Um, there are more sort of implications in terms of the scoreline that Villa can lose, meaning that we'd be able to lose as well. But I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking, right, if Villa are going to lose, then we need to draw or win. In terms of team selection, uh, Ben, we'll go with you first. Is there anyone that you're changing? And I, I think one of the answers we'll know because you've literally just come off the back of saying it, but is there anything you're changing to that starting 11 um, going into the Arsenal game and 
are you changing the formation from a four-five-one and maybe going for it more? Um, I would probably bring in Messina for Mariapa. I know he was awful against West Ham, but I think he's probably he's had a rocket up his ass now. He's, he's he knows himself how badly he performed against. West Ham, I and mean, we have seen him pull out performances this season, where he's even been man of a match in a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably bring in him for uh, Mariapa and then the obvious is uh, Danny Welbeck coming in for Troy Deeney. As for formation, I'll probably keep it as it is. Um, it's it's going to be difficult because we're playing at the same time as Villa, um, so there's going to be whispers coming in of the scoreline and that. Obviously, if um, you hear Villa are winning. I think you'd have to change the formation and probably put another striker on. You've got, to, you've got to open up the game and try and go at them a bit more because you need, we need to win if Villa are winning. Um, and we would have to better their score as well. So um, I probably wouldn't change the formation until maybe later on into the game. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I, I mean, personally, just before we'll go to James, I, personally, I'd probably go for it a bit more. I, I, think, I genuinely think all the pressure's on Villa now to go out and finish sort of finish the job off. They're in the driving seat at the moment. Arsenal were very poor against Villa and I think people are still sort of expecting Arsenal to beat Watford. So I think the worst we can do is I would possibly put Troy up front with Danny Welbeck, let them two work together, bounce off each other. Um, Saar obviously has to start. Bring Messina in, switch him over to the left and then Feminia to the right, which I assume that's what you meant as well. Um, and I would go with Perea. I'd stick with him because I, I was very impressed with him. I really, really was. Um, and I, I don't know whether Kapu's going to be back or not. But James, in terms of starting 11, firstly, is there anything you'd change? And secondly, what formation would you go? Bearing in mind how sort of big uh, a win could be if other results go our way. Yeah, as, as you said this there, I think um, we've, we've got nothing to lose now. Um, I think if you asked me at this point in December that going into the final day would have a chance to, to you know, secure Premier League safety, I, I would have bitten your hand off. So um, mm. I think Watford fans need to be a bit more optimistic than they are being considering the situation we are in. But um, in terms of team selection, I'd go with that 4-4-2 formation um, with, Troy, with Troy and Welbeck up top. Um, I, I think a lot of fans will be calling for Troy to be dropped. Yes. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think that's the case. I think it seems that he has. He it seems like at the moment he has to say it whether he's in the team or not. And I think I think he will be um, itching to play. We know we know Troy's history of Arsenal with uh, Cajones and uh, yep. the whole of that situation. Um, and the only other change I'd make, um, as you say, Messina back in, but um, I'd, I'd take Cleverly out. I thought Cleverly had a, a really cool performance against Manchester City. He was at fault, um, I'd say, for, for at least one of the goals, given the, given the ball away in the field. And um, I think I'd bring in Nathaniel Chalaber. Yeah, very interesting, considering that's what the, um, the Pozzos weren't particularly happy about with Pearson not starting Chalibur, actually. So that, that, that's very interesting. And I don't think many Watford fans would argue that as well, James, to be honest. So, um, and then just lastly, I think we'll finish up on, is the, the burning big question for you both. Um, ben, as you're my co-host, I'll throw you one of the bus first again. Um, firstly, I want your score predictions. And then secondly, after score predictions, I want to know if you think we'll stay on. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. 
Um, score predictions. Uh, two one Watford. Oh, I like it. Who's scoring, Ben? Uh, well bet both. Well bet both against his old club. Exactly that. Um, yeah. Two one against Arsenal. Well bet to score both goals. And yeah. am I saying if I think we'll stay up or not? Yeah, do you think if we were to win 2-1, do you think that means that Aston Villa will have lost against West Ham, meaning that we'll stay up? Or do you think Villa will get a, a win against West Ham, considering at the moment they're currently drawing 1-1? So a, a defeat against United could sort of push West Ham on. So, yeah, do you think we'll stay up? That's the burning question. No. No? I don't, I, okay. I, I, I honestly don't see it. Um, even if we win, I think um, ah, I don't know why. I don't I don't rule out Bournemouth. I, I see Bournemouth nah, going to Everton, and I can see on, them turning mate. it on. I, I honestly do. <laughs> I, I know we 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 don't particularly like Bournemouth uh, much, yes. but I really see them going to Everton, and I could even see them going there and maybe winning three nil. So, and then that that will, that will make their goal difference better than us, <laughs> possibly Villa. Even if Villa win by one goal, so I'm not ruling them out completely. No. Okay, that's that's very interesting. James, score prediction and then will we stay up? Right then. So I've been having a think while you guys have just been talking there. I'm going to go with uh, the Watford game. Troy Deeney, 90th minute volley into the top right-hand corner to, <laughs> to pee off all them Arsenal fans who, uh, who love to slate him. Um, in, in terms of the Aston Villa game, I think, I think they'll get a draw minimum. So we, we are going to have to... Um, at least match their result as you as well not match the result we have to better their result don't we so we do we do indeed um so i think Ast- i think aston villa will score um in terms of will we stay up yes yes we will okay okay that's very interesting i mean <clears throat> at the moment as it stands whilst we're recording this on wednesday night they are into the last minute Manchester United and West Ham and it's 1-1 so as it stands West Ham are safe West Ham cannot get relegated and are staying up I don't think it was ever an an issue with West Ham as we've touched upon previously I would have preferred if West Ham would have lost because that would have meant there was more riding on the Villa game I am going to go I really want to be positive because you two have now um, I've sort of half resigned the fact... I said we're going to get relegated. <laughs> well, well, yeah, no, you did actually, yeah. Um, well, no, I'm going off the back of James. James was a positive one. Uh, should yeah. I have him on more often, Ben? Come on. Um, yeah, I am going to go with Watford 2, Arsenal 1. And I think Troy Deeney's going to score... And I think Saar is going to score as well. Uh, and Arsenal, uh, Aubameyang will score because he always scores against us. So, 2-1. And, oh God, this is going to kill me. I, I just think I'm going to get slated for what I'm about to say, by the way. So, I hope you guys are happy. But I just think Aston Villa's away record is too poor. I know that they're coming off the, off the back of a good win against Arsenal. But I just think that... that their away record is worse than ours. So I just think that I'm, I'm really, really clinging on to like the last few straws uh, that, that I can clutch on to. So 
yeah, we're going to stay up, I think. Um, my emotions will probably change from now till Sunday. Um, Sunday is going to be possibly one of the hardest things I've ever endeavoured as a Watford fan. Uh, I saw I don't someone... watch it. No. <laughs> I, 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 again, we'll quickly touch upon this, but I, I don't know about you guys, but... Um, in fact, we'll all actually have different views on this because of the age range here. But um, I saw a tweet from Pat McNicholas saying that he was having a conversation with his mate. And I'm 25, for, for those that don't know. But if you think about it, the relegation in 06, 07, for someone of my age, I wouldn't have really felt that because I was, what, um, I, I was 11, 12, possibly. Um, and... This is the first relegation, uh, the 99-2000, I was four years old, by, for God's sake, so I definitely wouldn't have felt anything there. <laughs> this is the real first relegation scrap my team has been in, in my lifetime, of an age where I'm thinking, where, where it actually means more to me. Um, Sunday is going to be one of the, the worst sort of days I'm going to have to endeavour. Ben, what are your experiences of relegation fights? I'm sure you've seen probably many, haven't you? Um, and I, um, I actually don't mean that as a dig either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheers, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I can I can only really remember the two that we've been relegated from the Prem before, um, under Ad Boothroyd, and then the Graham Taylor one. Um, yeah. And to be fair, they weren't really relegation scraps. We weren't fighting last of the stay of a season to remain no, we in the Premier League. So this um, one's so going to be a tough, tough watch, isn't it? This one is a tough one, and uh, like earlier on, I um, I came across a video that I popped out on our um, Twitter oh, page of the of like Watford's best bits in the Premier League, and it got me a bit emotional watching it and yeah. thinking this 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 Sunday could be the last game we have in the Premier League um, for a while, and it I don't want to think about it too much, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, it's going to be nerve-wracking. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. Um, luckily, I've got some distractions during the day because it's my missus' baby shower. Um, but Very lucky, it's a, man. It, but um, I don't want to watch a game. I really don't want to watch it. It just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's too raw. <laughs> yeah. And, and James, is this your... Because uh, I actually don't know how old you are, James. Uh, although um, we've, we've been speaking quite a lot now, I, I don't actually know how old you are. Well, I'm, I'm 19, so oh, that, that 06 God, 07 season. Again, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, that 06 07 season, I, I was only seven years old. So yeah. I, think, I think I was just happy to, to go to football at that point with my family, to be honest with you. I don't think I took it all in. Right. So um, obviously, there's been a few close calls um, while I've been in the Premier League um, under Walter Mazzari, for example, but um, nothing's compared. Um, to this season going down to the final days so um, no and will you so be will you be uh glued to the television on sunday or are you going to try and keep yourself distracted or well for me it's either watch both games on two separate screens which a lot of people i assume will be doing ooh, uh, ooh, ooh, you brave <laughs> brave man james <laughs> or, or i was just uh, gonna go for a nice cycle uh have a nice time out in the sunshine and uh find out find out when I get back. No, you can't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> You're 19. What you want to do, mate, is get a load of beers in, get absolutely hammered, and then it doesn't matter come the uh, come 6pm. Um, <laughs> Where are you cycling? I might join you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, God. But, yeah, no, Sunday is going to be, like, one of the hardest days I've known. Uh, I've, I, I say this 
a load of my mates at Villa fans that are, are crapping themselves for it. And I'm sitting there, I'm reading the messages, and I'm thinking, but you're in the driving seat. But if they want to stress about it, that's fine. Let put all the pressure on them. But yeah, I, I alluded to the fact that, well, I, I sort of hinted that if we do stay off and this is confirmed, I will be going to Watford at 6pm uh, and I'll be going down and I believe that there's probably going to be a gathering around the pond as there usually is when, when we've got promoted previously but I will be going down to Watford at 6pm I'll see what the sort of what crowd's about and see what the vibe's saying and then if it's a good enough one I will do a podcast a sort of a live podcast from there and it, it'll be sort of a, a real big party atmosphere but yeah, Sunday's going to be a, a real tough watch. But yeah, we, we've sort of it's a it's a slightly longer one, but I think it's it's more it's more apt because it's our first guest appearance and we've had quite a lot to cram in. So if you've listened uh, to the whole thing, we do thank you very much. Um, what we've decided to do as well uh, off the back of last night's live feed, uh, me and Ben are going to be looking at doing the preview shows as a live Instagram. So. We hope that you guys can join us. If you don't follow us on Instagram, um, our um, username is at Voices of the Vic. And also, guys, if you don't already, firstly, what the hell are you doing? And secondly, go and check out James's channel. It's at Watford Way. Is that right, James? Is that the Twitter at, handle? At the Watford Way, yeah. At the Watford Way. They're on YouTube as well. They put out some brilliant previews with opposition fans. And then they put out match reviews as well. Um, and... Go and follow them. They're on Facebook as well, I believe, uh, and Instagram. So go and follow them. Check them out at the Watford Way if you've not already. Um, really, really good insight into sort of news that comes out of Watford and sort of preview, review news. So go and check them out. But, yeah, James, listen, thank you very much for joining me and Ben. It's been a real pleasure. And I'm sure we'll probably chat again sometime. And hopefully, if we do, we can have a big bumper episode to party about the fact that we've uh, stayed in the Premier League. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's uh, it's been great to vent uh, my frustrations about about Watford, and yeah, I hope to, hope to be on again very very soon. Yeah, hopefully. And, and Ben, uh, just before we go, let's hope next time that we speak, we'll still be a Premier League podcast, eh? I really hope so. It'd be a shame if we're, um, we've we've been relegated and we're going to start doing Championship podcasts. But I'm really enjoying doing these podcasts with you, mate. And long may ever continue. Yeah, absolutely. I completely echo that. So, listen, thanks for tuning in as always, guys. And we'll be back with you after Sunday. And hopefully, I'll be with you on Sunday, if all goes to plan. But, yeah, thanks for tuning in as always, guys. We really do appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Podcast Network.